1: Hello, and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion, with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket.
0: Hello, everyone. Today's guest is the award winning sporting photographer, Tom Shaw, who has just finished a personal project of photographing the black cricketers to play cricket for England. Hello, Tom. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. And uh, just speaking off air, you're close to where the lewis Racecourse used to be
1: that's right yeah uh, moved down to lewis about five years ago now and uh, we back onto to sort of what's part of the gallops and you can just see uh in the morning some of the horses doing the gallops from the the yards up there and then uh you can head out the back of the house and walk up to the old racecourse. it's great
0: a oh, nice place to live then
1: yes yeah, very yeah, very nice yeah very good
0: now you work with the england cricket team i believe between 2000 and 2014 how did you come about this personal project for the for the for the black cricketers uh,
1: it was it was kind of a lack of work a lack of something to do uh and looking for a project really so whilst uh, all work stopped around about march of uh, that year and um in 2020 and it kind of dawned on me that, yeah, I need to keep busy and, and doing things. And it was a really good job, good opportunity to sort of reevaluate where what I'd done in the past, where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I've kind of moved away. I, I've photographed England cricket since 2000. Um, my first tour was actually 99 or 98 to Bangladesh and then Australia, West Indies in 99. Uh, and so touring and live cricket had been part of my life. So I kind of wanted to do things differently. And I've always been kind of moving away from the live aspect of sport. Um, and, and I thought, I did a project on, on about 2005 of England's former captains. And then in sort of that summer of 2020 with Black Lives Matter, it kind of dawned on me that I hadn't really photographed any of the black players. I've got to know Mark Butcher quite well and Alex Tudor, and am with them. I started me to research how many black players have played for England. And I was really surprised that only... 21 in all formats of the game, men's and women's. It was so few. So I'd um I'd be working with Ebony uh For West. I did some work for NatWest West and uh, so I just chatted to her briefly and she said, yeah, she'd totally go and do that. Um go and search them all out, find them and um photograph them. So yeah, for the last year I still haven't finished. It's been well, what uh, Roland living in Barbados has been <laughs> a slight um a, a nice hiccup to have. Uh and I need to head out there at some point to go yeah, photograph him. But, yeah, it's, um, it was a personal piece of work, really, that I just wanted to do to keep me busy and to keep me engaged and keep me doing something. Yeah. Well,
0: you'll look forward to your trip to see Roland, who's been a regular guest on the paddock and the pavilion. But how did you go about organising the the various photographs that you had to had to do? Uh,
1: well, I, uh, in, in that sense, it was quite the, the easiest part was uh, just speaking to Butch. So I toured with Butch on a couple of, times and Alex Tudor so they were the two to get in touch with first so I, I dropped them both the line and they were yeah come along so I sh- I'd photograph them first and then having a chat with Butch he's still in touch with quite a lot of the other players so he furnished me with a couple of numbers and sent a couple of text messages and then it was just a case of just sort of um you know seeing when and where and when it was safe to go and do so so I kind of photographed them all outside I wanted to use natural light only rather than sort of being burdened down with all the sort of the kit that you normally take, lots of lights, lots of things. I really wanted to strip everything back to keep it a lot more basic. Now, I started off shooting it on film uh, on a large format camera. Just uh, the look and the feel of it kind of felt right. And I had time to go back and process the film. So I'd spend my evenings just processing film. Um, But latterly, it's kind of taken over by digital due to time. Um, Now I'm back working again. And the quality of some of the new digital cameras and the file sizes huge and the details are amazing. So it's kind of on a par with the film stuff. So yeah, it was really Butch was the um a real catalyst for it. So um he was a great help in sort of me because I hadn't met or most of them or or worked with any of them. Uh, the other good help was Mike selvey former Middlesex and England player who I toured with. He was a, a journalist at The Guardian, lovely man and he'd obviously played with five four of them who played for Middlesex in England in the 80s. And uh, yeah, he was a great help with it. And he suggested, you know, why you... I, it started off as being just test cricketers, really. Um, but he said, well, why are you making that distinction between test? It, you know, to play for England, you have to go through the same journey, no matter what form of cricket you play. And I kind of thought, yeah, well, you know, we often do this. We don't often... And a lot of players sometimes feel, oh, they're not proper cricketers because they have, haven't played test matches but I I don't think so and Andrew Strauss recognized this when they um when they honored all the former England players and said no no, if you play for England you have been through exactly the same journey uh and dedication to get to that way and I I totally feel that way so yeah Yeah, they're all included they're
0: all internationals aren't they yeah yeah
1: to play international cricket is phenomenal (laughs) it's such such a hard thing to do
0: so yeah and how did you decide where to take the photos? Because I noticed quite a few of them have got the sight screen in the in the. Background.
1: Yeah, I was doing something that's repeatable uh, and, and something that was easy to do and a quiet location. And I kind of wanted to take them back to uh, either they were, uh, sort of a local cricket ground near them. Because uh, there's uh, something really quite appealing about the old sight screens. And it creates a... Um, It creates something that that is, it's in all grounds and there's all sorts of bits there. Some of them aren't done against there because it hasn't quite worked, they've not looked right, but I really wanted to use kind of as a metaphor for visibility, you know, use a sight screen, anything in front of the site so you can see better, to sort of highlight that these, you know, to get these people more front and centre, as it were, and to highlight that, you know, there's only been 21 of them and to, to celebrate their achievements really so it's really sort of about trying to bring them to the front and say look it's kind of a nice they're nice textures and colors to it and uh yeah so it's really that was the starting point it didn't always work that way and i felt that sometimes having a black background um worked really well certainly with one of the pictures Uh, a couple of the pictures worked brilliantly by keeping it sort of on the dark side so and which is why it's all in black and white because i was shooting it on film and i could process it at home so it's a real sort of the theory, but there's no other theory behind it apart from I wanted to go back to basics, really, uh, and to shoot shoot it um, in its simplest form, really.
0: And how long does does it take to to take each photo? How long preparation and time when you're actually there? Well, you know, not long, really. I like to get there
1: sort of half an hour before I've asked them to arrive, and then just. Go around and look for a couple of spots that you think the light's right. It's the lights really that makes it—the light and the background—and just seeing what's possible and what works. Uh, and then from there, it's only about twenty minutes, half an hour to shoot to shoot the pictures that I'm after. It doesn't really take long. So um, uh, yeah, I like to work quickly. Having worked with sports people uh, for twenty years, I've realised you can't take your time. But uh, anything more than about twenty minutes, I think both parties are starting to lose interest a little,
0: little bit. But, and you've just got just got Roland and that uh, lovely trip to Barbados left to, to take.
1: Yeah, I, but there's also Neil Williams. Now I've sp- spoken to Sel about um, about those two who had ceased. I can't remember the other chaps. No, Wolf Slack. Yeah, Wolf
0: Slack and Neil Williams. Wolf Slack uh, and Neil Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I wanted to represent them
1: somehow. So I wanted to sort of get them in, in into the picture somehow. So um, now Wolf Slack. I got some details of Wilf's sister and I spoke to her and she had a whole box of his old memorabilia and what So we found one of his uh, old test jumpers, which I'd photographed that. And, um, for Wilf, it's been really, um, for Wilf, sorry for Neil, it's been really difficult to find anything, um, or any details of any of his family, um, since he passed away. I think he's got two sons over in St. Vincent, I think, but uh, I can't seem to find uh, anything. So I don't know what, what items will be around. And, um, I did, have a, I did email, um, he took, he only played one test, I think, but he took his wickets at, in the same test that Atherton took a wicket. So on the off chance, I emailed Atherton to say, did you keep that ball for when you took a wicket? And he, he completely didn't. And it was at the Oval, I think. The Oval don't really have any memorabilia like Lords do, thinking that they might have, oh, this is the ball from that series and, or something to have a tangible link to him, but I haven't found it. But the ECB have kind of made up his test Cap. They made test caps for all the players um, sort of engraved with their with their time uh, you know um, when they made their debut whatnot. not so I need to photograph that as, as his item and there is a third player who is not represented at all because he didn't want to be part of it which was Michael Carberry so for, for for various reasons he just felt he didn't want to be involved he didn't want to see it as a thing that could really help or make any kind of change so I had a good long chat with him those reasons. Pretty sound of being involved. I totally respect that. I can't force anyone to become part of it, but uh, yeah, so he, he doesn't doesn't appear in it at all.
0: Uh, yeah, and you you took a photo of um, Joey Benjamin, who sadly passed away yeah, in March did, 2021.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah we well, are probably about five months before that. I uh, met him at uh, in Reigate, uh where he was he'd been working, and uh, yeah, he seemed he was looking forward to getting back. Into doing more cricket and to doing more coaching and fitness and whatnot, and he was in seemed to be in fine fettle then. But it's just very sad to hear that, yeah, that he'd passed away.
0: And you're hoping to have a, an exhibition at Lords sometime next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something Lords have approached me. I didn't go certainly looking for Lords to do this, and I've I've worked with Lords for a lot of a lot of times, a lot of things with the MCC, and um, have a good relationship with them. And the and the, the, the museum has been shut for a while due to the covid but they're back up and running and so possibly this time next year we're going to be having uh putting them into the museum and they're doing a whole piece on black um, black indians black cricketers so it's kind of a fitting it kind of works perfectly in with what they want to do so we're going to get yeah to get some printed up big and get them all displayed up in there
0: well that'll be special and, and even if it can go to other grounds around the country as well
1: Yeah, happy for it to do that. I have yet to sort of see see the the, the sort of the reach uh, and extent of it, but it would be great. Uh, You know, it's it's, just be good to sort of highlight that, I mean, there's a generation of cricketers, a generation of kids now growing up is probably, you know, uh, with Joffre and CJ playing. There's been very few, especially in the test arena. You know, Michael Carberry and beyond that was Butcher and Tudor. So in the 20th, 21st century, I think I'm right saying only. I there's only five, of think, in this century. Yeah, yeah. played tests. And, and the number of tests played, it's, you know, there should be more. should be a lot more. And hopefully it's going to inspire a generation um, to, to sort of, to go, yes, there, you know, there are there are other players like me. I mean, it's sad that Joffre's injured and CJ, I mean, he's done a couple of tests. I don't know what his, it'd be great to see him back He's a remarkable fielder as well. Yeah. Um, what, what's you know who? Where are the next you know the next players coming from?
0: Well, both Chris Jordan and Tom Mills are in the uh, T20s. Oh, yeah, Tom Mills, yes, board, yeah, because
1: yeah, he, he's only played one uh, T20s, I think T20s. T20s yeah, 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 and so yeah, and he's you know he's a, uh, so, you know been such great players for Sussex as well. So uh, hopefully they can uh, yeah because they're off to
0: the World Cup, aren't they? Really soon, so very soon. Yeah. They leave
1: yeah. today, actually. I think
0: yeah, that's right. First game against the West Indies on the twenty third of October. And also, we've got um, you've mentioned her already in the podcast, um uh Ebony Rainford-Brent's excellent ACE programme, which hopefully will lead to more uh, young black players uh, representing Surrey and other counties, and providing role models for the future.
1: Well, yeah, I hope so. So, so it's funny you mention that because I did some work. So Royal London have given them a, a significant amount of money to expand the programme. And I was doing some work for Royal London with them and I got speaking to Chevy, who runs the programme up there with for, for Ebony. And um, so I'm up there going to do some portraits of these youngsters as a sort of counter to to, to the players that have played. This is the next generation. So they've got uh, they've got the ones in, at the Oval. So I'm going to the Oval uh, this week, going to do some more portrait work. And then there's Bristol, there's Birmingham. So hopefully, and they're they're pretty confident there's a couple of, couple of players there who could hopefully push on and go and make it to the top. So it'd be great to see them and it'd be great to follow their journey as well. So that hopefully they can, you know, start to make start to hopefully make a difference and start to, you know,
0: bring more people into this great game. Yeah, I think role models are very important to uh, in this this yeah. this day and age as well. Absolutely. I mean, we
1: were. My wife's Australian. I'd met her on an Ashes tour. We we go back to Adelaide quite a lot. And we went to see the Adelaide Strikers two or three times. It was really cheap to go and watch it there. It's a great big stadium. And uh, the the kids want to be Rashid Khan because they think he's amazing and he is great. And then he comes to Sussex and we have to go and watch him at Sussex. And it's great that kids can have a role model. You know, it can be absolutely anyone. They just they are fixated by you look at Ronaldo look at the number of shirts and just to see great players and it, people like them they want to see people like them doing well uh, and it does it does really make a difference so hopefully we can get more you know more and more people on you know watching onto the game and saying you know and making it more inclusive
0: and the photographs are also linked to Mark's You you Guys Are History documentary
1: yes yeah so Mark was doing the documentary with Sky so it's a Sky production and the producer, uh, he mentioned to the producer that, um, that I'd done that I'd been working on the portraits, and they got in touch and said, you know, they'd like to use them as part of the clothing thing. So we'd uh, we were working together on sort of getting that finished. Uh, so it was great because we worked together on the last couple, which was CJ and Joffra, and they had to go and film them and do it. And yeah, it's it's, it's it was it's shocking. That, that, I mean, I urge anyone who hasn't seen it to go and see it. It really is eye opening. The things I hadn't heard. I'd heard some of the stories from the players that I'd been with. hadn't heard all the stories, and even now I was back with I saw Monty Lynch on another shoot, and we were just having a chat and whatnot. And he, there's more stuff that he's, you know, people have said to him. It's just shocking that that, that kind of thing goes on. You know, even you know, 2010—that's probably 30 years ago now—but it's you know, it's grim. It really is grim to see that that's still
0: going on. You know, what some of the players had to overcome to achieve what yeah. they achieved.
1: Yeah, and how many and how many players probably gave up because of all of that? How many players we lost to the game by not being made to feel welcome? You know, in probably all forms. And it's kind of, uh, you know, how long can you put up with that? I mean, those kind of comments chipping away at you constantly, constantly. It must be horrendous. And you know, we've got to hear their stories. You know, so sort of people like myself empathising with it is one thing, but hearing their stories you know how many other people and certainly all the the, all the stuff at yorkshire i think there was there was an article recently about a couple of young black players who just said or they might have been asian players and they just said that they just got too much just the constant it's just better off out of it which is wrong it's wrong in every way it's just so so bad
0: well thank you for that talking about uh, your personal project just moving on to your photographic career um what first attracted you to becoming a photographer oh
1: that's a good uh, <laughs> um it, what getting i think getting a camera when i was a kid uh now I spent half of my life in sussex and when we were sort of 11 12 we moved up to scotland um my mum's from scotland we used to holiday all the time uh, and i fell in with a really good group of lads who uh when i you know 12 years old is quite a difficult time to move i didn't find it that difficult it was quite like a big adventure moving up to scotland and um uh, the sort of the lads I fell in with were really into the outdoors, and we used to go walking and climbing. But they're all really arty. One's uh, one was an illustrator. Uh, Is one who was doing sculpture. One now makes uh, visual effects and whatnot. And we just used to hang around the art class all the time. But I was really rubbish at every single form of art, except I loved taking pictures. And then uh, the art teacher, unknown to me, there was a dark room in the um in, in the in the school, and I was it was just open up a whole new world. As soon as I found out there was a dark darkroom, I was, it just took hold of me and I just wanted to just go and shoot pictures. And essentially just landscapes. So it was kind of a weird thing. I wanted to just shoot landscapes in Scotland and print them and do that. That was a be all and end all of my world. It was being outside and doing all that. But I anyway, mean, as kind of life takes on, you kind of, I knew from the very beginning I didn't want to work inside. I've got to be outside. I hate being inside. I hate computers. I hate sitting at a desk. And I just had to be outside. And it just seemed to be – I did a degree in archaeology, but I wasn't as keen on it as others. I loved it. But, again, it was outside. But the photography was the bit that kept coming back to me until one day I just thought, I've got to be a photographer. I can't do anything else in this world. <laughs> this, it's the only thing I really want to do. And by chance, as having I stumbled across a book of sports photos in um, uh, in the bookshop. I was looking at the photography section, and I just opened it, looked at it, and went, "That's got to be the best job in the world doing that." And another large slice of luck was that someone I played sport with at university, his brother worked at that agency, uh, which was All Sport, which became Getty Images. So he put me in touch with him. I went to see him, had a chat with him, and I went to show my folio of what I had. And he introduced me to the big boss, the, the, uh, the guy that ran the whole business, who was himself a cricket photographer, Adrian Morell, who took the picture of Ian Botham in the dressing room with the cigar. Anyway, so Adrian looked at my photo and he said, yo, you've got potential. And that was enough for me to, you know, and I can't, just can't stress the importance of people in jobs. When you get young people coming through, just words of advice mean so much. His words, you've got potential, was enough for me to continue trying to break into an industry because i get to the point where i gave it a year I said i've got another year to sort of i was working in a camera shop wasn't really going anywhere so i can't do this forever i was 24 25 thinking i've got to set you know and his words were enough to make me go he thinks i've got potential so that was it i just i phoned him every week for a year (laughs) asking for a job so eventually he gave me a job and that was it and that was my in and the job wasn't as a photographer it was as an editor so my job was to take the rolls of film from the photographers, go into a little room. So this will be at football matches. This will be at Wembley, all manner of great big sport. You, you, it really was going into the deep end and uh, taking a roll of film, processing it, uh, drying it, then scanning it and capturing it. And, then,
0: and that was it. And that's got me into photography. And you know? it just sort of looked on from there. It shows the difference, what you just said there about uh, a small thing where someone's giving you uh, boosting you up saying you got potential from what we were speaking about two or three minutes ago when the opposite was being mm. said to some young black cricketers you can see the effect then of absolutely the really. ab- yeah.
1: absolutely just, just words that. of encouragement yeah words of encouragement for young people it's so important there's a real thing in the photography industry about giving back because it is not it is quite an extraordinary job but without a doubt, people do it for the absolute love of it, and that you there's something deep down, you know. If you've got that, but and it's in all professionals. I don't think you'd make it as a professional without that thing that that deep love of photography and caring about it. And and any young photographer would cut, you know, if they can't. It's just I'll always think back to that time. Is that just give back to what? Other people have given back to you at a time, and and you can see that in cricket. I'd say you know I mean, that ninety percent of cricketers, you know, they do. They love it. Is it's such an amazing sport that you know you always give back. And I'll you know you take the kid down, just give back. And just relentless positivity is so worth it. It's so much better than than people being criticizing. Yeah, I mean, he could have said anything. He did say it was quite you know so was a well laid out poet he goes it shows you care and he just saw the bits in me that probably were the foundation for making it work i wasn't the finished article and um you know you see that in young cricketers they're not the finished article but if you see the right bits the right attitude needs to be encouraged
0: and how did you get then to work for the england cricket team on tour uh
1: it, well it, i've got a bit of a confession is that at age 23 i hated cricket i hated everything about it I, my dad was, loved it. My brother loved it. And I used to go down and play cricket. But when we were kids in the early 80s, uh, did you ever play cricket as a kid in the 80s? Most people know, you know, it's not softball. It's not plastic bats. It is hardball from the off. And, uh, and I, you know, when other kids are better at bowling, it was horrible. I hated everything about it. And I never had any interest in cricket. It just did not feature on my radar. But after university and after joining all sport. I wanted to travel. Travel was the big thing. I just wanted to get, see the world. And uh, I hadn't really seen much of the rest of Europe, let alone the world. And uh, they said, oh, do you want to go to Bangladesh for, to edit, to do the processing thing again for the world team? Oh, it's called the mini world cup in Bangladesh, 98, the forerunner, forerunner of the champions trophy. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to Bangladesh. And I thought, oh, it's cricket. It's a bit boring, but I'll go. Cause I, and then, Prior to that, I'd worked in Formula One. Now, I don't know if you've got any experience of Formula One, but it's possibly full of some of the worst people <laughs> I've ever met in my life. Not genuinely bad people, but just people who I've got no interest in fast cars and fancy watches and supermodels. It's just not on my radar. And, you know, people just kind of look at you, look you up and down a bit to go, oh, you, you know, you're not very expensive trainers. And I have just finished being a student. I just found it really hard. I've made a really hard it just nothing appealed to me about it, and it still doesn't. And then I got into the lift, I think it was Adam Hollyoke, and he introduced himself to me. And I kind of think, that's mad how uh, that he hadn't, you know, oh, I've not seen you on oh, tour, I'm Adam, nice to meet you and whatnot. And he was captaining of that series, I think. And I was like, so I was generally gobsmacked thinking, uh, you know, an England captain who's captain uh, has sort of spoken to you and sort of reached out to you. And that was it. It was just, it was the people that drew me into it. And you kind of think, you know, these people are great. And I was looking at the time, there was three or four other photographers photographing England, and they'd just come back for an Ashes tour. They'd been to the West Indies and had a great time. I'd done the West Indies trip. Oh no, sorry, um, I'm doing that. After going to Bangladesh, they said to me, do you want to go to the West Indies now to edit on that Australia West Indies? Now I hadn't been to a test match ever. And the first test series I ever did was Australia went to West Indies, West Indies Australia. Um, It was four test matches and it was 2-2. It was the best, one of the best test series ever. And that, I don't know if you remember the match with Lara. They needed about 180 with the last two wickets against Australia. And it was Lara shepherding the strike off Walter and Ambrose for three hours. The tensest cricket you've ever felt for what felt like an eternity. You know, those last five minutes of a football match, but that stretched out for three hours. And it was Glorious watching Australia get beaten, but by Lara in we were in Barbados. And the crowd were, it was just it was brilliant. It was mayhem. It was bedlam. There was just you know drinks going over. It was fantastic. And you kind of then at that point I went, cricket is amazing. What a great sport. How you can build that tension. You can go from you know you swings this way that way. The series was great. Uh, it was good times for me. And I just fell in love with the sport and the, the whole traveling the world and whatnot. And I just thought that I want to do more of this. And um, as, a, as it happened, the guy who was doing a lot of the England stuff at the time, Lawrence, who, you know, he's still working for Getty, good friends. And he wanted to, he'd done his time touring. He'd settling down. He was having kids. And I just said, I'll go to Pakistan. And, and that was it. England had come off the back of a good run of South Africa, Australia. West Indies, good places to tour. And they were going back to the subcontinent. It was Pakistan. And then Sri Lanka. Sri, Sri Lanka. It? Yeah, that yeah, series. Yeah. And then after that, it was going to be India. And, um, and, and sort of the, I, I just couldn't wait to go. And we had a great time in Pakistan. It was a brilliant place to tour. And I got to know Trez really well because I'd been to Sam- Somerset and I'd sat on the roof and he came up to the roof to watch something. And, you know, we just got chatting on there. I said, oh, you, we, you know, I'm coming to Pakistan and you're going as well. And I got to know him. Uh, and then, yeah, it kind of took off from there. And no one else wanted to shoot cricket. And I just couldn't wait to go. So they happily say, you know, take it on. And uh, and take it on, I did, yeah. It was brilliant. Great series. You know, to win in Pakistan in the dark. Then to win in Sri Lanka. And we lost India. Then we went to New Zealand after that. And then, yeah. So, it's so, all you've, good. You've, so you've, just from there.
0: You've been everywhere. so And you've been to... Australia and you've um, photographed a successful Ashes home series. Yeah, that was yeah,
1: yeah. I think after five, I, I mean, that's when I won sports, uh Specialist Sports Photographer of the Year with the set I had from that. That was kind of it, it felt like a natural progression to that point. But there was one thing I hadn't seen, and that was us winning Australia. Now, prior to going to Australia, I've never all I wanted to see was a good test match you know a good test match which made pictures you know Pakistan was really tough for pictures it was a batting it was lots of batting lots of batting. it was never really there was no drama involved in it it was just it was fairly dull but you had some good series when you get a good test match you know and the Ashes 05 was some brilliant cricket but you go to go to Australia and you know the time I wasn't prior to that prior to doing the first Ashes I wasn't bothered if England won or not as long as it made pictures and it was a good story but after that, you go to Australia. As soon as you get there, you want England to win so badly just because of all, all the all the crap you get from everyone. And it is proper rivalry. You think, oh, we can't lose to these people. And the one thing I was holding out for, I wanted to see us win in Australia. We used to get so much grief from all the other photographers. You turn up and you look a 5 nil loss. And it's like, oh, God. We're just getting so much grief. And so 2011 was just brilliant. You know, three... Three wins in
0: innings defeat is just brilliant. So much yeah. fun. It yeah, was, it was really rather good. special. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've been to Australia quite a lot, but I'm a, a victim of going to Perth on a regular basis. So I've seen five successive defeats in Perth. So even yeah, even in 2010-11, yeah. when you managed to see England win the series, I still managed to see us lose in Perth.
1: In Perth, yeah. <laughs> and even then, you're losing in Perth going, oh, we can't lose. It, well, we were one up in Perth, weren't we?
0: Yeah, we won up when we went there, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we, yeah, yeah. one up when we went there and then it goes to 1-1 and then you're like, we can't lose this from here now. And then uh, that Melbourne when I think Australia, we'd made five hundred nine. I think I've got a picture of 599 on the board and Australia were 99 all out. It's just remarkable. It's brilliant. You know, really stuck it to them. But yeah, so I live, (laughs) that, that old adage of England only play cricket to beat Australia. It's so true. It is so true. I just don't want to lose to them. Can't stand it. I'm not really emotionally invested in sport, but that's one thing that I just don't like us losing.
0: Just got to beat them. And now I read that you're, you've are you moved in to take more pictures of nature rather than sport. Is that right?
1: A little bit. I mean, that's kind of um, sort of moved on. I'm kind of trying to bring a bit more of the sort of um, the landscape work. I, I do enjoy it but whether financially it can make it work and there's enough in it to um but sort of I'm trying to bring a bit of more of that into my work really sort of trying to sort of combine the two which is obviously quite hard but there's certain sort of bits and elements that I can bring into other projects that I've got that you know keep floating around and doing that so yeah so sort of the natural world's really quite it's quite key and I'm certainly during the pandemic getting up into the hills around here in lewis and the south and stuff and just photographing and doing it but uh i, I still don't think my love of the sport stuff will diminish um but it's trying to sort of um bring them
0: together a bit more really but you're still doing some sports photography
1: yeah, yeah my, my commercial work. So i generally do less I worked for ECB. We're doing lots of stuff on participation on women's cricket um, and the kids' cricket with the dynamos uh, and whatnot. So still doing a lot of that. Uh, working like did some stuff for Royal London, and prior to last, you know, last year I was doing NatWest. So I work with sponsors and brands and sort of getting them to to do um, where they kind of meet and to sort of enhance their their. Um, sort of amplify their voice really so yeah i'm still working quite a lot in cricket really which is great because I, I really feel i can't leave the thing so much of my life has been involved in it that and there's still so many great stories within cricket that i still want to sort of look at and pursue so
0: and you're still hoping to go to the West Indies in 2022 yeah i want
1: to go yeah to go back to uh barbados i want to go you know, to know photograph roland and as you do um as you kind of look at it, you kind of think um, Australia are over there, uh, England are over there. I don't know what whether it's a test series or a... So I kind of if you tie that in, see if there's something anything else I can do over there. And there was talk of going with another friend who photographs in Antigua quite a lot at, in January. Uh, he might need some help doing some rowing work over there. So there's still lots of sport to be done and to be photographed. So um yeah, hopefully I can get over there. Wonderful yeah, think, place to watch. I cricket.
0: think it's T twenties in January, I think, and then the test matches are in March. So it gives you plenty of opportunity to go and see yes. Rowland in Barbados. I'm sure that's absolutely
1: there. yeah, they definitely should. And uh but even if there's no cricket on, it's still a great place to go. So mm-hmm. it's just so I can uh, get logistics sorted and uh hopefully cost wise and hopefully COVID won't be too much of a problem.
0: Right. Well, thank you very much um, for coming on the paddock and the pavilion. And uh, also the best of luck for your personal project. Uh, We look forward to the uh, exhibition at Lords next year. And also best of luck when you're finding your way across to Barbados to say hi to Roland.
1: Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Look forward to catching up with them. I'm Thank sure he you. must know everybody on the island. I thought sure. so. It'd be quite
0: yeah, he's very he's very well connected, and now he's been doing yeah. some commentary work as well. So, and he's uh, he's been on this podcast a lot, and he's, he's a great guy to chat to. Excellent. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Pad and Pad.